0: Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Isn't it brilliant when you finally feel like a job is done? Today, we're continuing our series of Nehemiah and at last, finally, the walls of Jerusalem are rebuilt. Despite opposition and distraction, discouragement and ridicule, we have seen Nehemiah stand firm, trust in God and lead people in the rebuilding of the broken walls of Jerusalem in a miraculous 52 days. At last, the city is secure. The doors are set in place. The gatekeepers, the musicians and the Levites have been appointed. The walls are guarded and God-fearing men of integrity have been put in charge of Jerusalem. Nehemiah has had the nobles, officials and common people and their families assembled and registered. Nearly 50,000 were numbered and all have settled in their towns and it's here we pick up the story. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law to bring out the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had commanded for Israel All the people could see him because he was standing above them and as he opened it the people all stood up Ezra praised the Lord the great God and all the people lifted their hands and responded amen amen then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground then Nehemiah the governor Ezra the priest and the teacher of the law and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all this day is holy to the Lord your God do not mourn or weep For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Don't grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, be still, for this day is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. How great that must have felt. After 70 years of exile, the chosen people of God, scattered and enslaved, are now gathered together and listening to the word of the Lord. The people of God, his holy nation, are being reestablished, rebuilt, just as the walls and the temple have been rebuilt because more important to God than any building is what he's building in our lives. For the first time for many, they're hearing and having explained so they understand the holy book written for them. Hearing that they are specially chosen by God to be his people, hearing his rules for holy living as people set apart about his love for them, his covenant with them, his promises to bless them if they obey. And their response was to praise, prayer and worship, and they wept. We see here the power of the work of God at work in the hearts of a people committing themselves back to God. Hands raised up in prayer and praise over here, faces bowed down low to the ground in worship over there, weeping over what could have been, their lost years in exile. It's amazing illustration of the transformational power of the word of God. And such a timely encouragement for us here too at Ivy in our year of rebuilding. And the church across the world, now we are also called to regather, to recommit ourselves to worship, to one another, and to His Word. Through lockdown, we've experienced the loneliness of being scattered, of having the safety of our Christian walls removed. Walls which look like Sunday morning gatherings, grow groups in homes, meeting with Christian friends, corporate worship and teaching. Feeling isolated when churches, along with everything else, were forced to close and we found ourselves unable to meet face to face and to pray and encourage one another. Here at Ivy, staff and volunteers worked so hard throughout lockdown to enable us to continue to meet together online, to offer prayer, to continue with grow groups on Zoom. That was when our family actually decided to join Ivy. IKTV was launched so that children still had some Bible teaching on Sundays and still felt part of the family of God. The youth actually grew. This church did an amazing job and out of that we still have an established and growing Online Ivy family. Big shout out to you guys. But I know that's not been the same for many churches and not everyone's faith has grown. Even here at Ivy people have felt isolated and have sadly drifted perhaps because of the breaking down of those safe structures which hold us up and give us strength in our faith. What seems evident now more than ever is that these structures can and probably will all crumble at some point and if our faith is dependent on them, that too will crumble. Nehemiah and Ezra had a physical temple they could finally worship in, but now God says we are his temple, every one of us, so that what really matters is not where a building is, but where and who we get our strength from. It matters who and what we build our faith on, and hard times will will reveal that. In the passage, we see that the people were weeping at the lost years in exile over what was or could have been, over the destruction of their safe places, And I would imagine at the relief that they have now rebuilt and they can come together in one place once again to meet with the Lord, to worship together. Like them, perhaps some of us are still feeling this sadness over what was lost, sadness over the way things were. Let's look at what Nehemiah and Ezra told the people who wept over the past. They said, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength what a message for them and for us today it's the joy of the lord of who he is of knowing him and that he is the lord in and of our lives this is where our strength comes from what brought people to their knees what caused them to weep to god over their past sins and regrets what changed their despondency so that they raised their hands in prayer and praise It wasn't seeing the walls in place or the temple rebuilt, it was hearing and understanding the Word of God. The powerful, life-changing, life-bringing Word of God. Ivy family, our strength and safety does not come from Sundays in church or weekly meetings. Although these are strong materials and we can build spiritually with them, they're important and integral to being the body together. I hate to miss the opportunities we get now to be together and to celebrate and I appreciate now more than ever being back together. I never want to take that for granted again. But our strength in faith comes from him. It comes from knowing him and we know him through his word. We must know his word for ourselves. Knowing the word of God is absolutely essential for every Christian. It's what draws us to him. It gives us strength, it gives us guidance and hope. Our whole lives must be built on his word. Psalm 197 10 says this, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. For the Israelites, the people of God, chosen as the holy nation set apart for him, his word is highly honored and precious. You're sitting there comfortably, but we see in the passage that when Ezra opened the book, everyone stood up for six hours. To this day, every year, the Jewish community celebrate the festival of Shavuot, the time when God gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments, establishing them as God's people, chosen to learn his Torah and keep his laws. As part of this celebration, they'll stay up all night to learn the Torah. Yes, all night to learn it. In the 12th century, they started a custom of bringing the child to school for the first time on Shavuot. On their first day of school, each child would be given a slate with scripture on it from the Torah. And then the rabbi would pour honey all over the slate and the children would lick off the honey from those words of scripture. It was for them the first experience of the Bible was the sweetest thing, the best taste ever. Their mind makes an unforgettable link. What an amazing illustration of a people who love the Bible. I wonder if we have the same attitude towards the Bible. Do we come to the Bible as the sweetest, best thing expectant for an encounter with God? Is hearing from God and learning from his word an absolute necessity in our lives? Or has it perhaps become like sprouts on the side of the plate? Or an item on our Christian to-do list? Is it the sweet, treasured, life-giving source of all we need or a self-help book to be dipped in and out of as and when we feel we need a boost? Do we go to taste it ourselves or just wait once a week or even longer for what someone else has already chewed over? Yuck, I know. If you feel challenged by this today, great. And I want to tell you you're not on your own. I've personally been so challenged when the Lord reminded me this week of how my time and attention to his word has slipped. Here's my first Bible. It was given to me by my brother and his wife in May 1996 when I became a Christian. It's full of post-it notes and highlights, passages that I've underlined and starred with and marked with question marks. It's tea-stained and tear-stained. It's dog-eared and dirty. And it's been with me wherever I've travelled, on holiday, in hospital, I've read it on my absolute best days and on my worst, and every day in between. It's absolutely my favourite Bible because I can look back and remember the times the Lord has spoken to me so powerfully and change my life through reading this Bible. I love it. And over the years, I've had a number of other Bibles which I've brought here today. You can probably see them on the table. They've all got post-it notes in and highlights and stories of how I came to have them. The Word of God is so precious to me. I love hearing him speak. But recently, more and more, I haven't read much from these Bibles. Like many people today, I've picked up this Bible. The one on my phone. And as great as this is, The highlighted passages are not as easy to find, the pages aren't tear-stained and I'm very careful not to spill my tea on it. I also get regularly interrupted by notifications from all sorts of places as I'm reading, distractions so easily clicked on and my attention is once again on something else. There's nothing wrong with online bibles, they can be a brilliant study aid, But I fear that for many smartphone-dependent people like me, and for our younger generations, the Bible, like so many things, becomes something to dip in and out of for a few seconds at a time. I fear we have a little taste, but don't ruminate and meditate on the powerful, life-changing, healing, transformative work of the full Word of God. It gets reduced to a quality street version of the Bible where I pick out my favourite bits and leave the rest, especially the hard ones or the ones I don't like, for someone else. That's far removed from the sacred day we read about in our passage when Ezra read to the people for six hours and it says that they stood and they listened attentively. I wonder, even as I've been speaking, how often have your attentions wandered? I read that and realised how much I struggle to listen attentively to God and believe me, it makes all the difference to my attitude, my outlook and my strength. I want to encourage you today, if the Lord has spoken to you about this in the same way he has spoken to me, to join me in recommitting yourselves to being attentive to the full counsel of the Word of God. Let's remind ourselves and teach our children how to listen attentively, how to come to the Word with expectation and joy because it is the sweetest and best thing they will ever read. Let us show them the power contained in the sword of the Spirit, the joy found in Jesus being the Lord of our lives, and the strengthening of our faith through the powerful Word of God. At our in-person services today, we've gathered all ages together to intentionally do this, to read scripture together, to discuss and explain it to one another, and to respond together to what the Lord is teaching us. We want to give the word honour in our church family. We'll also enjoy something sweet to eat as we do this, to remind ourselves that the word of the Lord is sweeter than honey. We want our Ivy children and youth to approach the word of God like it's the absolute best thing ever, better than any game, book or film, better than anything the world will throw at them. This book is our weapon in the armour of God, the most powerful weapon against every, every lie or every enemy we will ever face. If we equip ourselves and our children with the full knowledge of the Word of God, they will indeed be strengthened and full of joy to face every battle, every enemy, every wall crumbling down, so we can stand firm and be strengthened in the Lord. So I want to encourage you today, in our year of rebuilding, to rebuild our dedication to the Word of the Lord, the Holy Bible. No matter how far behind you've fallen or how long ago it is since you even picked up your Bible, Get started. Maybe read through Nehemiah again and chew it over. See what the Lord's saying to you. Today is our day as we gather in person or online to tell God that we will re-establish his word as the foundation in our lives and commit ourselves to knowing the word of God and knowing him through it. Then we will fully live in the truth that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org slash media.